who doesn't have your passion manage your vision. Hello everyone and welcome to Nerdy Optometrist. This is your host Ukti Vora. As we are all going back to a new normal, I would just like to wish everyone to still stay safe and take care of yourself and your family. As we all have tried doing something new and creative during this pandemic, some I know have started some YouTube channels or web series just to make sure that they are relevant and they try to do and follow their passion. As we are going into building these new innovative ways to stay relevant, it is also important to understand how to make your own unique brand. This episode is going to focus on the same point. Our guest for today is an award-winning young dynamic leader within the eye care industry. He has championed and pioneered various innovative products and solutions that have significantly influenced the way in which optometrists run their business. In 2013, he established a business management and service consulting company called Vision Street along with the academy program of Vision Street Academy. As a training and development consultant, he has worked with over 100 of optometry practices in elevating them to the highest possible level of excellence, revenue, growth, and transformation. He speaks at various eye care conferences globally on business-related topics and has contributed immensely to the eye care industry through his publication of four books. Yes, not just one or two, he has already published four books. He is a co-founder of iAfrica Media, a digital eye care media platform that serves as a gateway to eye care on the African continent. It's a sheer pleasure to welcome and have this amazing conversation with our guest for today, Obi Malopi. Thank you so much and welcome to the podcast. Wow. In in my years of uh, being in the optometry industry, I've never been introduced the way you have just introduced me before. I'm, I'm actually very shy right now. Because what an interesting and powerful introduction. I'm truly humbled by the way you have introduced me to your audience. And I'm grateful that I have this opportunity to be able to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much. I still feel I don't think I've done justice to your introduction, looking at the work you have done. <laughs> but I think I'll let you take care of that when we you know, dig more into your journey. <laughs> so I'm going to start with my first question, which I love because it comes up with, you know, amazing, interesting stories, is you are an optometrist yourself. Yes. So how did you bump to this into this wonderful career? Well, in my final year of secondary school, I went mm-hmm. and spent time with a general practitioner, a physiotherapist, a dentist, a pharmacist, an optometrist. And I was looking for which of these individuals seems to have a career that is giving them not only a comfortable life, but the freedom of of choice to be able to dictate the times that they will be working, the environment that they'll be working in. And so optometry for me stood out amongst all the different professions within healthcare or the medical uh, world as it is. And I saw that the optometrist was fortunate enough to run their own business and not necessarily be working for someone else. So from secondary school already, I knew that optometry school or optometry as a, as, a, as a profession would be something that I will do very well in. And so that's how my journey within IK started. It was simply having spent two weeks with the different I, uh, professionals in healthcare that led me to determine that, wait a minute, I can relate with the optometrists as compared to 
how I perceive the dentist, the doctor, and the other professionals. This is so amazing. I think I had another guest previously on my podcast who did the same thing, Dr. Melissa. She also said she tried to, you know, go around in different uh, and and did an internship or just shadowing, you know, different uh, healthcare professionals. And she ha- she had the exact same feeling that optometry is flexible and yet it gives you the freedom to, you know, run your own business or do multiple roles at the same time. So I would actually 100%. like to, you know, encourage everyone in this high school or secondary school, however people uh, say it in different parts of the world, to do try these out and pick optometry or any career by actually experiencing the life of that professional. I think that will help them make a very sound decision versus just following where everyone is going. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So I did give just a glimpse of the work you have done, but I do know there's a lot more to it. So can you talk about your journey from your optometry school to starting your own company, Vision Street? Oh, thank you very much for the question. So in South Africa... When you study optometry, there isn't necessarily a requirement that you need to be working as a student within optometric practices. So from my first year of studies, I did not have the finances to pay for my school fees. So I decided I'm going to work in optometry practices from my first year of studying. And I was fortunate enough to travel the whole country working in various IK practices as an optometry student. And I did that from first year until final year. So the time I graduated, I was fortunate enough to have identified a particular group that I was working for as a student. And this group had lots of optometric practices throughout the country. Mm -hmm. So they employed me as a traveling optometrist. And part of that was that it allowed me to have a broad view or perspective on the different types of optometry practices that exist. And one of the things that I immediately identified as a young optometrist who was newly qualified was that what works for one practice does not necessarily work for another practice in a different area. And so Vision Straight came about as a result of me looking at, but wait a minute, why is it that some practices, they are in phenomenal communities but they don't do as well as other practices. So Vision Straight became a consulting company that instead of me opening up an optometry practice, I wanted to open up a consulting firm that will help optometrists build phenomenal optometric practices. So that's how the journey of Mm -hmm. Vision Straight came about. Part of that was that I spent time in different optometric practices that specialized in different competencies of optometry. And what I mean by that, I spent a month with a contact lens specialist. I spent a month with a low vision specialist. I spent a month with a pediatric specialist. Understanding the clinical and the academic side of optometry so that when I do come and incorporate the business side of optometry, I can ensure that all three components will be working together cohesively. And so Vision Straight simply became a company that incorporates the academic, clinical, and business aspects of optometry. And we help optometry practices to be able to work in a manner in which all those three components can work effectively with one another. So that's how my journey within IK started, basically. I really love the fact that you shared, and I think it's very important 
for anyone who is trying to move or try to do something different in eye care is to still stick to the core being part of you know clinical practice or studying or you know re- realizing what is missing is really important and building something over it is great but you cannot forget the core which is optometry and optometry practice so i really love the Correct. way you described that you know spending time with them actually helped you build your own brand and uh, a unique offering that you realize that this is a gap which you want to uh, take care of so that's fantastic and of course very inspirational but as you know you know when we're trying to come up with a new brand or a new name uh, it could be a very difficult journey but we're going to break that entire brand name and the unique idea into different components starting with my first question is how do you define brand or brand value in your own ways oh what a fantastic question i love that question and for me or for us personally as a as a brand we identified a brand in terms of where do we operate in or where do we work in and where we were working in was the community of IK and we looked around and we said within IK IK is so diverse that you've got a lot of uh, cultures that are represented within the, the industry mm-hmm. a majority of people are either working in academic environments or they've got their own businesses and so when we were coming up with a brand we wanted a brand that was diverse so for us the definition of brand or brand value has to do with something that embraces diversity that was something that was very important for us so that even the name vision straight when you think of the name vision straight it can be whatever it is that you want it to be so for us diversity was important so that a person who's in India, a person who's in the UK, a person who's in Nigeria or the United States of America or Brazil, when they think of the word vision straight, it be, it can become something that they can easily identify with. And it was unique. So for us, diversity was an important component when we were building our brand. And secondly, it was a matter of would people be able to relate with Mm. the word vision straight and that's why we've got the word vision there but the straight it can become whatever it is that we wanted the company to evolve in so a second component with a brand is that it must not be limiting it must be something that can evolve as you as a person or a company evolve so those were the two main components that were behind our brand value, our brand position. It was number one, diversity. And two, is this something that can evolve over time and grow beyond the level at at which we started with? And I believe that over the years, we have focused purely on the diversity that exists within the industry. And secondly, constantly evolving our products, constantly evolving our services, constantly evolving our network. And so those were the things that helped us define what is a brand for us as a company or for me personally as an individual. I think that is so amazing to define your reasoning even before thinking of, you know, starting your own brand. But I don't know if we're talking about, you know, the company and you, but you yourself have a unique identity and you are a brand by itself, you know, even without, without Vision Street people know you. 
So I also want yes. to dig a little deeper on the importance of having your own unique brand as an individual without you know any company. What are your thoughts on the importance of creating an individual brand? I absolutely love that question. Here's the thing. People buy value. They will see it or get it from you as an individual, but they will most definitely experience it from your product. Right. So having a unique brand allows you to build a personalized trust relationship with the people that you connect with. When people trust you, it then becomes easier for you to be able to sell them anything. Right. Once you have consistently been able to deliver time and time again on that which you are selling, it eventually leads them to become loyal to your brand as an individual. So having a unique personal brand, for example, you can be an optometrist who's working for a corporate or a big optometric practice. Mm -hmm. You still have the responsibility of ensuring that you as an optometrist within the IK company that you are working for, you still build your own brand because people don't care about the company. Right. They care about the people behind the company. So for us, it was very important that I also have my own unique brand right. that people can identify with, that they can see who is the person behind something. Because when they can, when they can connect with the person, it makes it easier for them to connect with the company. Right. And that is why it's important for you as an optometrist or, a, or an individual in the IK industry to have your own unique brand. For example, let's say you are working in a company or in an optometry practice that specializes in contact lenses mm -hmm. and you are one of four optometrists in that optometric practice. You are able to use social media. You are able to use YouTube by creating videos, by creating content that you can publish in your own capacity as an individual, even though you are working for a particular optometric practice. And that can help you build your own unique brand, even though you are working for another company. Right. And that's just a, a practical example of how you are able to distinguish your own unique brand, even though you could be working for another company. So for us, it was so important that I myself one day, perhaps uh, I will not be in Vision Straight or Vision Straight will be sold, whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. or I will evolve as an individual. I didn't want people to think of Vision Straight and just limit it to me. I wanted both companies, I mean, both the company and myself to have their own unique brand so that right. when people work with Vision Straight, they're not just working with me because Vision Straight involves other people. Right. But when they're working with me, they will be working with me with me specifically and not vision straight right i think this is very important to have your and your own identity or your own unique brand and i loved your idea of you know creating a youtube channel or instagram or just writing a blog of what you're doing in your daily practice you need not do like you know a whole lot of but a very small thing that makes you unique or different could be a very great and important start to building your own brand and just to shout out here, you actually wrote a book to create that uniqueness. So I want to actually dig down a little deeper on, you know, you starting to write a book and what was the reason behind it, which, you know, we did speak offline. <laughs> Thank you for the question. You know what's funny? No one has ever asked me 
why did I start writing books? You're the first person actually <laughs> to ever ask me, why did I start writing books? So it was very simple. I'm a, I'm a young African man within the IK industry. And when I was studying and I researched authors within the IK industry, there was not a single black author in IK worldwide that I knew of wow. at the time. So this played a pivotal role in me creating my own unique brand. I then decided that what is going to distinguish me in the IK industry? And I said, I'm going to write a book. And the first book that we wrote was called Vision Straits Business Guide for Optometrists. I knew that the book will do well simply because there had never been a black person globally who had written a book pertaining to IK. So I was going to be the first person. Wow. Then I decided that, wait a minute, let me not stop there. Why, do not, why don't I then create a series of books and have a point whereby every six months or every year, a book can then be produced by Vision Straight. And that has been something that has fast-tracked our brand, has catapulted our brand to greater heights because we are now known for, for that. We are known for that individual who writes books for the IK industry. And our books have sold worldwide. We've got people who have bought our books in Brazil, in uh, New Zealand, in Australia, in UK, in, in Europe, in America. And it was simply that. It was, I wanted to distinguish myself as a brand and writing a book was something that I found to be a way in which I can build my brand. And it's four books down the line. We are fortunate enough now to have other leaders in other parts of the world who have written books under the Vision Straight brand as well. And we've got so many other books that are in, uh, in publication at the moment that will be released in the next couple of uh, months to years as well. So that is how we went about writing books and building a brand around ourselves because no one else was doing it. So we took advantage of the opportunity that we saw or identified within IK. I, I actually would want to take a pause and ask you, I love that, you know, you saw an opportunity, you just jumped on it. But when you're trying to do something for the first time, something like this, where you were the first black author, I'm definitely sure there is a pushback and there is a fear that comes along. We're trying to do something for the first time. So let's talk a little bit on how did you overcome when you're trying to do something different in whichever area or expertise or gap you're trying to fill in. Wow, that is a <laughs> very interesting question. It's a tough one because, like you said, we started Vision Straight in 2013. Mm -hmm. The first three years of us having started Vision Straight, we did not invoice a single client. No one was interested in doing business with us because they asked us a simple question. They said, have you had your own optometric practice? And my answer was no. We have never had our own optometry practice. They asked us, do I have an MBA? I said, no, we don't have an MBA. They asked us, what is our credibility? Who have we worked with before that we have helped? And why would they take us seriously? So all of those mm -hmm. were the various challenges that we were faced with. And it was very difficult, very disheartening. We wanted to give up 
on a lot of occasions because the doors kept on being shut on us every single time. And then we changed our strategy. We decided to target the people that did not need our business, to target the people who were already doing well, who did not need us to help them with anything that they were doing. So we went to their practices and we offered our services to them at no charge. Mm. And all that we simply asked was for them to write a referral for us if they were happy or if they see the results of what we were doing within their businesses. So we went to the people that were recognized in our industry Mm -hmm. as the experts in a particular field or area within IK. And those people then allowed us to come and showcase our, our, our skills, our services, our solutions. And in actual fact, we helped them grow their brands and their businesses. And then they started talking about us and to their colleagues, to the industry and writing referral letters, writing uh, commercial references for us. So that's how we overcame it. Mm. And I know a lot of people that are going to be listening into this could be in the same position where they are struggling to, to break through. They're struggling to get going. We know how difficult that is. We didn't have the finances. We did not have the resources. We did not have the support that we needed. But one thing that we did have was belief that that which we are offering, that which we are trying to render as a service to the industry was very valuable and needed. And so we kept on going because we believed in ourselves. So that's one thing that I want to encourage people is that believe in yourself more than anything. And that's why the quote that you shared earlier on when you introduced the podcast, it's all about never let anyone who doesn't have your vision or who doesn't have your passion manage your vision. That's where that comes from. That self-belief that despite the obstacles, despite the challenges, you are going to break through and give it everything that you have. So for us, we then looked at who was the best contact lens person in the in, in our community or in the country? Who was the best at doing something? And we went and targeted that particular individual and we said, let us do this for you for free. And if it works, please refer us, refer us to your colleagues. And that's exactly how we got our breakthrough. That's beautiful. And I really love the way you've highlighted that it might not always be about money. You can, you know, you can offer a free service, but try to gain value when you're trying to make your own brand or trying to promote your own brand. It not necessarily has to have a monetary value to begin with. But once you have the referral, once you have the scale that you're looking for, the money will follow. So just focus on excellence and believe in your brand and things will definitely fall in place. Correct. So one another thing which, you know, I would like to focus on creating your own individual brand, whether it's on social media or just you're trying to from a company perspective, what according to you are important things which one should remember when they're trying to build these uh, brands? Okay. Never compromise on on quality. Mm -hmm. No matter how small or big you want your brand to be or whatever that you want to do, make sure that the quality is very good. Invest in your quality, the quality of your product, the quality of your, your, your approach. So even how you approach something, make sure that it's of top quality. A lot of people, they make the mistake 
of not investing in the quality that they're putting out. They're not making sure that the work that they're putting out on public platforms, it's of the greatest quality. And quality, unfortunately, will come at a price. So you have to be willing to sacrifice your resources to ensure that whatever that you're going to be distributing on public platforms, whatever that you're going to be distributing on, on social platforms, digitally, wherever you're taking out that people are going to purchase or buy, you have to make sure that quality is top-notch because the quality is what people are going to be willing to pay for. So if your, your quality of your work or the quality of your product is very poor, people are not going to come again, right. are not going to buy from you again. They're not going to trust your brand. They're going to feel like your brand is a, 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 a quick quick scheme that right. you're trying to pull off. But when you have good quality, people can identify the value in something that is of quality. So poor quality has poor value. Great quality has great value. That's how it works. So whatever you do, let's say you're writing a presentation or you're going to do a webinar or you're going to write a blog, you're going to post a video, make sure that every piece of content, every piece of work that you produce, it's of the highest quality ever. That's when you can associate yourself with excellence, with good service delivery, and people will identify about that. People will start talking about the quality. People will start talking amongst themselves about the quality of your work, and your brand will start growing. So for those who are starting off with building YouTube channels, there's so many tools and platforms that you are able to access at a low cost that can help you to ensure that the work that you are developing or creating is of the highest quality ever. Right. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I think this is so important about quality because uh, I do know there are many people looking at, you know, uh, now going to YouTube or social media. I think many people try to just jump into it, but there is a lot of work and effort that is required to put in just putting a simple post. So if you do not work towards it, it will just be some random image or a post that's lying around. It won't really help building your brand versus trying to make sure that you think through what you're trying to post or create, whether it's a post, just an image or an entire YouTube video. So thinking through each time you're trying to build something or putting the content out and doing a good homework or research, I think is very, very critical to make you a part and make you unique. Correct. Now, when you see so many YouTube channels or uh, Instagram uh, channels coming up, what do you feel are the common mistakes which people do when they are building their unique brand or what they should be be cautious or be stay away from? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make noise. Don't make noise. Oh, I love it. Everyone is trying to be online and everyone is just making noise and it's all about your brand. So the biggest mistake that people are making, even companies themselves, they go online, they go on YouTube, they go on social media to talk about their brands to talk about how great they are, to talk about how amazing they are as businesses or companies or how great their products are. But the consumers don't want to hear that. Consumers want to know how great they are themselves. And so your brand, how you position your brand online, 
It should be about the consumer and not your company. So you need to be speaking to the consumer or to your audience in a manner in which your audience can relate with the most. So talk about things that affect the consumer. Talk about things that your target audience deem to be important to them, not to you. Right. When you start talking about what's important to your audience, it's easier then for them to identify that, wait a minute, this person or this company understands what I need, understands what I'm going through, understands what my problem is, and they have the solution that I need for the problem that I'm going through. That's how you connect with your consumers or your audiences online. You shouldn't be on YouTube just making noise. And that's one of the things that has helped grow our brand or my brand particularly is because every single thing that we do, it's about the benefit of the eye care professionals. Everything. Our posts are all about helping the optometry uh, professional or the eye care professionals. It's never about how great we are. It's, a better, it's always about how great the eye care professional can be. And that's what I want to encourage the people that are listening into this is that have a specific plan of action, a clear focus on how am I going to communicate and connect with my audience? Don't just communicate. You want to connect. That's why we're communicating. You're communicating to connect. Right. So that that's what you need to be doing, not making noise. Yeah, I loved when you say not making noise because I do know people do start with a unique uh, idea or a unique proposal why they're starting the brand. But in the journey, it is very easy to just get lost in the process by looking at what others are doing and thinking that formula or that technique will work for me. So let me just, you know, throw it out for uh, for to my yeah, audience. Yeah. Right. And I and I've seen a couple of those things happening around where people are just trying to pick and choose this. It worked for someone, it'll work for me. But you have to still remain uh, true to your core idea and why you started your brand to begin with. Definitely. Now, as I had started with, uh, you know, during COVID, many people have moved to social media. They are trying to connect, you know, through YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Do you feel the market on the social media is getting saturated or do you feel it's just a beginning and a lot more needs to be done? I think the IK industry was lagging behind. Mm -hmm. For the longest of period or for the longest of time, optometrists, especially those who are experts, never used to, 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 to take social media or digital media seriously. They always relied right. on their clinical expertise and thought that that was simply enough to help grow their businesses or their brands. What is happening right now with COVID-19, it has resulted in everyone rushing to be online and having digital media presence. What's important Right. is to understand that don't don't be all over the place. So a lot of times people rush to be online, but they're all over the place. You can't really identify what, what their story is. What is their message? What is their brand positioning? What is it that they're trying to achieve? What value are they trying to add? And so that's one thing that there are lots of opportunities that being online is going to, to provide to people. But you have to be clear on what your value proposition is and take time 
to really harness and develop that value proposition. Some of the things that people are doing online now, you will only see the benefit of it a year from now. You won't necessarily see the benefits of it immediately right now because people think that the, the benefits of being online will come with the more likes that you have. But likes don't pay the bills. People might might like what you're posting on social media or digital your digital activity, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are engaged with your with your brand. So for example, you could have an optometry practice that is busy online but and have a hundred likes. But from those hundred likes, 70 of those likes would be other optometrists. Then that's a problem. That means you are speaking to the wrong people. You are speaking to an audience member that's not going to buy from you. You are speaking to an audience member that does not connect with what you are trying to say. All that's happening is people that are your colleagues or your friends who are in the industry liking your post. That's not what should be happening. You want to communicate your message to the different target audience that you have in a manner in which they can connect with it. So for example, two, three years ago, you can post anything that you want on social media. However, right now, when you go to YouTube, when you go to social media platforms, if you are communicating to the press biopic patient, communicate to the press biopic patient. When you are communicating to the contact lens patient, communicate to the contact lens patient. Let it be clear who you are communicating with. Don't just be all over the place thinking that, ah, I'm online and things will just work out for themselves. Invest in the content. That's what people need to do. People go online in search of great content. So I want to encourage the different individuals and, and business owners that are listening into this. Invest in your content. Make sure that your content is easy for people to connect with. Make sure that your content is easy for people to identify with it. Because once it's easy for them to understand your content, it will be easier for them to understand your product and that which you are trying to do. So don't be in a rush to go online to sell things. Be in a rush to connect. Once you have connected, it will be easy then to sell whatever that you need to sell with, to a person that has already connected with you. If people have not connected with your brand or your social media activity or your YouTube channel, you will struggle to get them to buy anything from you. That's simple as that. Lovely. I love how you said don't try just to be there, but try to connect. And that's such an important uh, piece, which I feel many are missing right now. And I think that is a lovely, lovely message. And I'm sure it's going to stay with me and with everyone who's trying to build their own unique brand in your in their own unique way. So thank you so much for, you know, pointing that out thank and you. nailing it. Thank you. Now, as you have individually and as a company, you have made so many initiatives. And it is so overwhelming as well because a lot of things are happening in this recent you know, I would say this year has been a crazy for uh, media or social media. How do you stay relevant and how do you think of the future? Wow, that <laughs> is so powerful question. <laughs> wow, I, I like the question. How do I stay relevant? Now you want me to give away my secrets here, you see now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's what, that's what happens at Nerdy Optometrist. We dig into all the secrets. <laughs> well, with me, 
it's always about upskilling myself. A lot, a lot of optometrists, the biggest mistake that they actually make is that they studied for their optometry degree and that's about it. When they upskill themselves, they only limit they, they, the, the way they upskill themselves with optometry-related education only. So mm-hmm. one of the things that we do personally to stay relevant is we think beyond optometry. We think outside the box. We just don't limit our knowledge to optometry only. We look at what is happening in other industries that can work within optometry or within IK. So we would go and we would research things like marketing. We would look at what is the future of marketing? What was the future of the consumer? How are consumer trends beyond IK going to change? And th- that's the first thing that we always do. We always look at what new skills mm-hmm. do we need to develop for ourselves that go beyond optometry, that the majority of other optometrists are not aware of. That's number one. Right. Number two, we never rest on our achievements. So you mentioned the <laughs> multiple initiatives that we have always been producing over the years. The reason that is the case is that once we produce something, and we get it into the market, we immediately work on the next project by looking at while this pro- the, while the project that we have just launched is into the market and busy developing, what is the next project that we are busy going to be working on? So that when this one reaches a peak, we have, we, we're not going to start from scratch. We already have the second and the third project already in the pipeline that we already started on baby steps so that when one project reaches its peak, we already have two or other three projects that we have already started without even giving enough publicity around them. So that as one project ends, another one comes up, another one comes up. So those are the two ways in which we stay relevant. We upskill ourselves with content or with information or with skills that go beyond IK. Mm-hmm. Secondly, We always then, like I said, uh, launch something whilst we're still working on another thing. So those that's how we we do things. For for example, I launched my YouTube channel uh, in 2017, but it it was like a slow start, slow start. But now everyone goes online. We were fortunate enough to have already had a YouTube channel. We did not start having a YouTube channel. In 2020, mm. we've got three years down the line of us having already built and established a YouTube channel. So it becomes easier for us to build yeah. onto our YouTube channel, which was already started three years. Whereas a lot of people are rushing to start their channels now and they they all over the place. Right. So I think with people, once you have achieved something, quickly find something new that you can already start working on that will you will only see the results of it a year or two later that's how we have always approached approached things in the ik industry lovely i loved how you said you know you should always you should not rest on your achievements i think that is a wonderful wonderful takeaway and always keep thinking of what next 
and no making sure that your core or the uniqueness of your brand is still there just don't go all over the Correct. place and you know try to build some new initiatives so i think that is very important yeah. now i know we digged a lot into branding and a lot of information uh, that you shared but now i'm going to take you to a fun segment which i like to call a rapid fire are you ready for- <laughs> perfect <laughs> Well, I don't have any dramatic music, but let's begin. I'm scared, but I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you were not an optometrist, what would be the other career choice uh, that you would see yourself in? Uh, a soccer player. A soccer player. Oh, amazing! Oh, nice. Oh, perfect. Uh, which is your favorite destination? Because you you know travel a lot. Funny enough, it's the UK. the The reason being is that uh, specifically London. The reason why that was the case is that when I went to London, or it was, I saw over over thirty, forty different people who were coming from different countries. So there's a diversity of different people all coming to this one place to to make life, to 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 create or live out their dreams. So for me, right. that is, that is what comes to mind when I think of destinations because it's like where anything can happen. And I think the second place would be. Africa, eh? Africa is full of potential, full of possibility, and it's an emerging market. So the world is coming to Africa, and I think Africa for me is the place right. to be. Absolutely, I would <laughs> love to travel to Africa once you know things get back to normal and we can start traveling. But yes, I definitely have to visit both the places. So yes, I do have that on my to-go list, of course. <laughs> You must come to South Africa. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll definitely, I'll definitely plan my trip. So, going to uh, the next question: If we were to write an autobiography about your journey, what would you like to title it? The 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 the, the most humble person in IK. That was Absolutely, I I totally can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> now, rank in the order of your preference or something that you love to do, uh, being a clinician training or uh, planning a business strategy uh training mm-hmm. that's first training of people i love that because with that one you work directly with mm-hmm. people and it's all about people people make things happen so any opportunity that i have to work with people i will take that more than anything i love having people in front of me <laughs> that's where i come alive so that's definitely training and development. Got it. And your second business strategy or a clinician? How do you rank those two? Uh, it will then be business strategy mm-hmm. and then clinician. What are your hobbies apart from eye care? I know it takes away most of your time, but what do you do in your downtime? I spend time with my wife. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> because, <awesome. laughs> because we 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 both work and run our own business. It's very mm-hmm. important for us to be able to switch off. So right. that is something that I used to struggle with, but I'm, uh-huh. I'm we're constantly working at. So for me, spending time with my wife away from the business, that's something that I love doing. Awesome. I, I'm very sure that, you know, she love when she listens to this. Okay. Uh, or what do you prefer to do on your day off? Netflix and chill or travel and go for a hike? Long drives. So I, long we, drive. I, I, I get into my car and we go for long drives. So we will drive f- four or five hours and drive back. That's what I love doing. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. If you could change one thing or add something in an optometry curriculum, what would that be? Ah. <laughs> 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 they must, uh, 
they must start teaching optometrists about business from second year optometry and not wait until they get to mm. final year. So they must have a, a full on course on business from second year. Uh, agreed 100%. And the last question, if you had to give a message to a young uh, OB, what would that be? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, one is, that, that one is obvious. It goes back to how you opened this podcast. Never let anyone who doesn't have your passion manage your vision. That's basically it. Lovely. <laughs> I love this. Uh, I think this is wonderful as an answer and a quote. This has just stuck with me since the time I've read it. So thank you so much for sharing, you know, all the fun insights, uh, spilling the beans of through the rapid fire. So uh, you did a great job. So thank you so much. Before we let you go, one takeaway message which you would like to, you know, share or would want all the people trying to build their own unique brand to remember. Firstly, um, it's worth the risk. A lot of people are scared to go after that which they want mm-hmm. to go after. It's worth the risk. Make sure that you're not doing it to impress people. Sit down with your family. Tell them what you're all about. Once your immediate family understands and believes in what you're trying to do and they've given you the support, go after that which you want to do with everything that you have. And those are the only people that you need to take seriously. You don't have to impress the rest of us. You are there to make an impact in our lives, not to impress us. So as you're building your brand, don't try to impress us. Just do it your way. Do it with everything that you have, everything that you are, and be true to yourself. Everything will fall into place. I loved what you said. Try to create an impact and not try to impress that definitely will take you a long way. Uh, for all the listeners who are listening to this podcast, this is not the first podcast we ha- uh, he is on. He had another podcast with Defocus Media where he's talking about negotiation. So do check it out because I'm sure this was fun and that is amazing as well. So thank you so, so much once again, Obi, for an amazing, amazing session talking through us your journey and the brand value i think it was wonderful with amazing life lessons for anyone who is trying to you know build their own brand or try to uh, start something new so thank you so much i really i really appreciate it thank you so much for inviting me you're doing an incredible work i wish you success and i know that the next 12 months your podcast is going to expand your business career is going to expand and this podcast channel is going to connect so many people and even you yourself, thank you so much for the sacrifices that you do in IK. And we really pray that you just get to a whole nother level because we absolutely are inspired by the work that you do. So thank you very much. For me, it was an absolute pleasure and an honor to be here in your podcast channel. I love the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. I'm I'm so, I'm now I'm feeling humble and shy. So <laughs> I think that's a perfect end. <laughs> but thank you so much once again. And do follow him. Do check out his website. I'm going to add that in the description. And do follow us on Instagram or, or LinkedIn. But I think we have so much more to do. And let's all build a unique, unique brand, which is true to yourself and true to everyone. Thank you so much once again for your time. It's a sheer pleasure. Thank you.